Hello and welcome to session number seven in our Raising Leaders program. Today's session is taken from chapter six in this vision handbook and chapter seven with our textbook, People with a Passion. Today's topic is fruitfulness. I wonder if you realize just how fruitful you can be. Just how fruitful God wants you to be. Everything from the parable of the sower right the way through to the chapter we're looking at from John 15 today, we see fruitfulness is our birthright. Fruitfulness is God's will for our lives. John chapter 15 describes the relationship that we have with Jesus as a vine and branches. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, whenever anybody talks to me about bearing fruit and leading people to Jesus and multiplying, I, I think I feel so inadequate. But when you think about this, Jesus lives in us and he is the principle of life. He is life. He is life. We are in him. He is in us. And as we allow his life to take over our lives and to be expressed through our lives, there is fruitfulness. Without him, we can do nothing, which means with him, we can do all things. Then John chapter 15, verse 8 says, By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. You see, connected to the vine means we produce fruit, the fruit of the vine, and much fruit. He will be involved in pruning and cleansing and, and purifying so that those who bear fruit, they will be pruned and bear much more, even more fruit. God wants you to be very fruitful. And in this way, you prove to be his disciples. Imagine that. Disciples are fruitful. And if we uh, uh, fulfill this mandate of discipleship, make disciples, mature disciples, it is going to be multiplication. True discipleship leads to multiplication. It's important to remember that because so many discipleship programs become narrower and narrower. I remember when we first went into this vision, we called it discipleship cell explosion. And we had conferences and ministers came up to remember one minister in particular said, you should stop talking about explosion. You know, you should just talk about discipleship. But discipleship's a narrow way. Discipleship excludes people who, who want to go on the broad way. And so stop talking about discipleship explosion. Just talk about discipleship. And I said, I'm sorry. Jesus says, this is how you prove that you are my disciple, by bearing much fruit. And look at this again, same chapter, John 15, verse 16. You didn't choose me, Jesus said, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. This is what the life of discipleship is about. It's not getting into little holy huddles 
or tiny closed little cell units where you exclude others. This is going out to preach the gospel, to win the lost, and to grow your faith, and to multiply yourself so that there will be multiplication. Just as the early church multiplied, God has given us uh, the, the principle or the power, the capacity to multiply. Jesus said, I've chosen you and appointed you for this purpose. There is no doubt at all that we have been given authority and capacity to multiply and bear fruit. And then again in verse 16, the second part says, and that your fruit should remain. Your fruit should abide. That's remarkable. It means that the fruit that we uh, produce for Jesus lasts. It's eternal. Uh, and it's not as so often is in churches. People come and people go. And, and you know, somebody came to Christ last year and where are they now we have no idea they've gone back in the world and i wonder if they ever even left the world but when we produce real disciples you can send them anywhere they'll produce fruit and in kensington temple we have a vision of raising disciples and sending them out into the world into the world of the spheres of society the giants of influence media and arts education politics and sport and government health education all of those areas and if you send disciples out into those areas they're going to bear fruit and then still in verse 16 it says so that whatever you ask the father in my name he will give it to you now, what is this about jesus says I want you to be fruitful. I appoint you to be fruitful so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. I believe this is, it gives me great encouragement to be able to say this, that if we are about the Father's business, if we are really putting his business first in our lives, making disciples and multiplying disciples, then not only will our prayer life increase, it'll be more effective because our prayer life will be governed by mission. So many people think, well, we just pray and Jesus answers. But do you realize there are two promises uh, which are fulfilled if we fulfill the conditions of mission? God will fulfill two promises if we fulfill his mandate for mission. Number one, he will be with us. I will be with you, Jesus says. And being with us isn't just about his presence that we can be together with him. It is that, oh yes, it is that, but much, much more. It is that if God is with us, we will be successful. We will, we will be fruitful. And, and the second promise is that whatever we ask the Father in Jesus' name, he'll give it to us. If we make mission our motivation in life, then our prayer life will be governed by the mission and requests for mission, requests which are related to mission for more power, for strength, for wisdom, for security, for protection, for fruitfulness, and it will come to us. Oh yes, disciples bear fruit. So I suggest to you that if you are truly passionate for Christ, you will be eager to bear fruit for his glory. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. And therefore, multiplication is one of the hallmarks of genuine discipleship. 
multiplication here, which is rapid addition. That's what multiplication is. And if you win somebody to Jesus, disciple them, and then you've got two disciples who are going to win more for Jesus, and they are discipled in the same way, pretty soon the adding of one and two becomes multiplication, and there's exponential growth. And that is the multiplication that we need in Western churches. We've seen it in many different parts of the world and even in our own nations as people put discipleship principles into practice, multiplication is the inevitable result. And if you see something that's not multiplying, I can tell you it's not discipleship. If we go back to the basic principles of the hallmarks of discipleship, we will have multiplication. If you are passionately involved with Christ. You will love what he loves. You will reproduce that same love in others. That's how the cell vision works. Our love for Christ and our passion for his name not only shapes our lives, but it shapes the lives of others around you. Isn't this amazing? I'm sure you've experienced it. You just come within six feet of somebody. I'm laughing to myself because at the moment we're not allowed to be any closer than two meters uh, apart but you can come within two meters of somebody and you get their passion and it begins to change you it changes your perspective it seems that you enter into the atmosphere of that person's life you enter into the bubble in which they are living and I don't mean a uh, an unholy bubble or a bubble that excludes, but into a zone where that person is walking in faith and walking in passion and, and, and they burn and, and you feel the heat and you are warmed by it and you also ignite. It leads us, if we love Jesus, to engage in his plan for our lives, which is to reproduce disciples. Now, one of the questions that comes very often in this passage is just what is the fruit? We read in the Bible about the fruit of the Spirit, and people say that's what it's talking about here. The, the fruit of the vine is the fruit of Jesus' life. It's his character. It's his personality, which is produced on the vine. And I agree. But I want you to know the fruit of this vine is grapes, but not seedless grapes. The fruit of this vine is seeded grapes and the fruit carries within it seeds for multiplication. And that means as Christ's nature is developed in you and produced in you by the Holy Spirit as you surrender to the will of Christ and as you allow his life to take over, not only will Christ be produced in you, that's fruit, he will be reproduced through you. That's reproduction and multiplication. So fruit is Christ being produced in me and being reproduced through me. And so now uh, we want you to understand, I want you to understand that there can be no harvest without sowing seed. Seed time comes before harvest. And this is what we can do every single day. We can sow the seed in lives around us. And this is a principle in natural life and is a principle which carries over into the spiritual realm. Harvest is just the result of many, many seeds dying and reproducing themselves many times over. I once counted over a hundred grains in a single head of wheat I imagine all that fruit coming from a single seed, but the qualification for this, it must and can only happen through one principle, and that is by 
dying. Every, everything in the kingdom begins life as a single seed. A single seed. It's a life given. It's an action sowed, time invested into the soil of somebody else's life. So see yourself as a sower wherever you go. You're sowing seeds. I do this all the time. I do this all the time. And some of my friends notice it. Wherever I go, I will sow a seed. It doesn't always mean that I drop a, tra a tract in their pocket or give them a Gideon's Bible. Although one of my cell members does exactly that. It never goes anywhere without tracts. It's a good thing for you to learn. Never goes anywhere without a Gideon Bible, which you can give free to people. So, but those are certainly some ways of giving seeds, sowing seeds. But there are many, many other ways. Talking to people, getting to know them, making contact with them, building relationship with them, sowing the principles of the kingdom, even sometimes a smile which comes from the heart filled with Jesus can communicate love. And there have been revivalists in church history who have been so full of the Holy Spirit that the very look on their face convicts others of their need for Jesus. So every action, everything that is done in the name of Jesus and the kingdom of God is a seed sown. And Jesus himself experienced this. John chapter 12, verse 24, one of the strongest verses of fruitfulness in the whole of the New Testament. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit, much grain. That's amazing. So Jesus gave his life. He sowed his life as a seed. And when that life was given, out of his death came a resurrection and much fruitfulness. And he has imparted that same principle into your life and my life. I wonder if you realize that. So you know, when I read the scriptures fresh and come back to them time and again, I find there are certain key principles. And here is a key principle of the kingdom and of fruitfulness. With this principle, you can be fruitful. Quite simply, you have to die. All right. We spoke about that in discipleship but before. But in the same way as Jesus died and, and sowed his life into the soil of, uh, of uh, the world, so he produced fruit. And so as you die to yourself and invest yourself and the life of Christ that is all the more manifested because you have died to yourself, when that happens, the life that is in Christ uh, uh, and, and, and in you because you are in Christ and he is in you, the life of the vine will produce fruit. There is a capacity to produce much fruit. And so this is the fruit of eternal life in our own lives and multiplied that Jesus takes and multiplies to others. We become fruitful for the kingdom. And just as in the case of Jesus, our single seed produces much fruit. You know, the tragedy is some people live the whole of their lives never having led a soul to Christ. And some who live their lives and do lead people to Jesus 
never follow up on them and never disciple them. I am calling the church of Jesus Christ. I wish I had a, a voice now that would be heard right across the churches of Jesus Christ across the world. The Holy Spirit is calling us back. Jesus, the head of the church, is calling us back to fruitfulness, to multiplication, to spiritual growth and numerical growth that Christ will be produced in us and reproduced through us. This is the Great Commission, which was first spoken in the creation mandate, be fruitful and multiply. In the Abrahamic covenant, reconfirmed in so many of the covenants of the Old Testament, we are to be fruitful and multiply. And for us, in the New Testament, we are also told to be fruitful and to multiply. Well, with your mentor and others in your cell group, there's a point of discussion. You'll find it in the manual. If seed time and harvest is at the heart of our ministry as open cell leaders, the question remains, how do you practically sow and reap through your cell leadership, through evangelism, through discipleship, what does it mean? Could it be that open cells may not be sowing correctly in order to reap a harvest? And as simple as that, if there's no harvest, if there's no fruit in your life, it's because you've not been sowing seed. So, and you know, it's not that today necessarily you're going to sow the seed and immediately it will bear fruit, but over a period of time it will. So let's be diligent and faithful. So the question is, how can you sow seed in the life of others, and how can you uh, do things which will invest in their lives so that not only will they come to Christ, but that they will grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Well, God bless you. Thank you for joining me today, and I encourage you to keep up with this series, and we'll see you next time. Don't forget, God calls you to be fruitful. Amen. Thank you.